You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Hey there, guys. Welcome to Slopes Cast. And, uh, well, as always, Grizzly, why don't you talk us through the topics we're going to be chatting about today? Right. So this week on the Slopes Cast, we have Donkey Kong coming to Super Nintendo World of Japan. Um, we found a rare Japanese-only Street Fighter anime, uh, which has now been translated and is up on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a classic Sega Mega Drive game manuals from Japan restored and translated for the first time. Very excited about that one. Back from the dead, uh, v- 3DFX uh, returns, uh, potentially, with more Voodoo graphics cards. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Half-Life trilogy, finally getting a remaster uh, by fans. And the original PS2 game box design and a few others to uh, to, to look at. Uh, with a very interesting topic about game boxes uh, just in general. Absolutely, absolutely. And thank you very much, Acorn Electron, for gifting a Tier 1 subscription to We Are Podcasts Network. Very much appreciated, and thank you guys so, so much for uh, checking out the show tonight. If anybody out there is listening or perhaps watching this on my second channel after it's gone live, you can indeed watch it live by getting on over to twitch.tv forward slash slopes game room every single Tuesday night. We are back to doing this weekly again now, which is a which is a good thing. We just talk about what's what's relevant. If there's only two topics, we'll talk about two topics. If there's eight topics, we'll probably talk about eight. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about however much news there is there. We'll never uh, pad it out with well, stuff like this, what was happening right now. Um, we're live every Tuesday night in the UK at 2 p.m., 5 p.m. EST, uh, Eastern Standard Time and 9 p.m. Uh, uh, Greenwich Mean Time. No, Greenwich Mean Time is the is the UK time. 2 the p.m. Is the Pacific time. Standard Time. Whoa, I messed that up. I messed <laughs> that up big time. Let's just get on with the topics. Let's get on with the topics. Firstly, talking about one that I'm very, very excited about, as is my son. We are desperate to get over into Japan to... Um, oh, yes go check out super nintendo world like, i really want to go there i really want to go there it looks so awesome it, it amazes me every time i look at like screenshots or a video of this place mm-hmm. i wonder if it's actually like real or not because it looks cg it looks like um <laughs> like genuine like mario in 4k not one of those little unreal 4 engine things where people go oh hire this man no this yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. the real deal it's amazing oh it's beautiful it's beautiful one thing i will say is obviously you've got this coming over into the florida parks as well uh which is i think where it's really going to shine don't get me wrong it'd be fantastic to go check it out in japan of all places but florida they're going to have more space they're going to have a lot more space to be able to play with um as great as it is over in japan it's very small um from what i can see uh there's a lot of interaction in the actual uh surroundings of the park but there's really not that many attractions in the park itself the main one is obviously being mario kart 
There's like a Yoshi sit-down ride. There's not a lot else in regards to actual ride-type attractions, but there is another one coming. So, yeah, we <laughs> there's been plans uh, in, in the making for a Donkey Kong land uh, for some time. It's never actually truly been announced, but mm -hmm. all signs point this way um, because what we've seen is new buildings being uh, built up which have a jungle pattern on the side. And there's like a weird scaffolding for a new roller coaster attraction. And basically, it's as close to Super Nintendo Land as you can get. So I don't know, guys. To me, that seems pretty much like it's going to be a Donkey Kong style attraction. I, I don't know about what, what you guys think. Yeah, it, it definitely does look like you got, you got those silhouette levels in the Donkey Kong Country Returns level. And I remember those levels because if you look hard enough in... I believe it's the first of the Returns games, not the yes, Ice yeah. one, but you can actually see the Samus ship um, in the background on one of them, which is quite nice, because obviously it's Retro Studios that make those games, and they did the Metroid Prime games as well. But um, yeah, the, the, for, for people out there that do not go to these these incredible foreign, um, uh, foreign to us, of course, uh, theme parks, the amount of effort they go into to, to, uh, uh, to blockade different areas so that when you're in a particular area like the super nintendo world for instance this part it's completely sectioned off from other parts of the uh, park disney do it best like when you go to the star wars area um you're in galaxy's edge like you cannot see like the the the, the cinderella's castle in the background because it just it takes the immersion away the amount of effort that go into these sort of parks are just unbelievable. And obviously what you're seeing right here very much looks like the uh, uh, Donkey Kong um, uh, expansion-y uh, um, expansion ride that they're going to be adding in there. It looks fantastic. It looks utterly fantastic. Um, and it will be. I do remember in the, 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 the making of this park, even before it opened up, they were talking about a Donkey Kong um, uh, uh, minecart level, which just gets me so excited. My God, can you imagine like playing that? That's it's gonna be wicked. It's gonna be because I'm one of these people that prefer and the the Donkey Kong Country Returns games over the new Super Mario Brothers games. I just think they're better all round 2D platformers. But I, I I would love to play those sections of games, like as you be a part of those sections of games in a ride. It, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. So what what adds a bit more credence to this whole thing is that um, there is a patent going round uh, for all, for the uh, Universal Studios which they own, and it it appears to be um, a very minecart related ride. Um, that was that was uh, discovered like a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So it means that this could well be the first time we see that happen. But also um, the other side to it is is that. Donkey Kong pickups and items were found in the Universal Studios app um, of Japan. So around the park for Super Nintendo Land, you have these, you can get these little wristbands. And the idea is, is that you can actually interact with parts of the world around you, whether that be like a question mark block, they can unlock little Easter eggs that you can find around the park. It's really cool. Um, and it suggests that these will be carried over into a Donkey Kong theme. So it gives us the impression that very much we're looking at a Donkey Kong expansion. It makes sense. It makes complete sense. It really does. It's what what a perfect Nintendo edition. I I, I obviously being 
not so much a, 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 a Zelda fan. I'd rather see this before any kind of Zelda stuff enters in the, into the room. Although there is, there is actually, I'll tell you one thing they have added in there. Not many people mention this, the fact that there is actually a little Pikmin Easter egg in. Yes, in I've seen a few of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So carry on. <laughs> yeah, so dotted around some of the Yoshi areas, you'll actually find little Pikmin around. So it, it turns it from just being a Mario world into like truly Nintendo world. Now, the question is, when would you actually go? Because it sounds to me like they, they still haven't finished building this thing. So, like, is it worth waiting a couple of years until they've actually fleshed it out and it becomes like a proper Nintendo world? Or would you be, like, happy to pony up the dough, uh, travel around the around the world just to visit this thing? I, I'd love to see it. Um, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. It's just I haven't done it yet, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've got to get to Japan at some point, but yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I think yeah. this will be a stop on that trip for sure. So yeah, this little Pikmin, as can be seen on the screen. <laughs> yeah. I, the day they had a Pikmin right there, yeah, then, then I'm opening up the wallet. We're going to Japan. We're doing it. <laughs> Slopes Game Room live from Japan. Yes, please. Uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, at the moment, there's not really like much to say apart from the uh, the pictures that you're seeing here on the screen. And and for people listening, you're not missing much. It's just the only real thing that you can see is the fact that they've put some colourful trees against the board, like painted them, and that's it. But it's yeah. the exact style background that you would get in in um, uh, from the Donkey Kong Country Returns games. So, oh yes, please. Bring it There's on! Definitely Bring it on! Definitely something going on in the in that Nintendo land, as it were. So mm. very curious to see yeah. see how that goes. We love we love theme parks on this on this uh, channel. So yes, we do. Just yes, love to do. see it. Oh, more! Dear. I can't wait for more little like sneak peeks and developments to come from this. This is going to be so exciting. And uh, uh, apologies out there to people that, don't, that are not interested in this because we're probably going to talk about it quite a bit as and when things do drop so moving on to uh, our next topic any street fighter 2 fans out there oh it's got to be a couple yeah i'm sure there are a few I i've heard it's an all right game actually yeah yeah you know <laughs> it's, it's no it's no uh, ik plus is it but you know yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah get over here oh no wait yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm so there was an anime that was originally available on VHS called The Street Fighter 2 Return to Fajiwara Capital. Faji right. Fujiwara. It's Fujiwara Capital. Yeah. And uh Fajiwara. <laughs> um well, you, you take over. I'm just gonna butcher this whole thing. You you, you take over. Right. right. So um this this is just like a little bit of fun, really, because Capcom Back in the day, uh, they they were commissioned to do all sorts of things, and really, what this is is not like a an actual fighting anime. I mean, we're showing on the screen like some screenshots of like I don't know, just some brief animation of Re Ryu throwing a Hadoken. But in reality, there's no fighting in this film, this like mini film. Mm -hmm. In reality, it's actually an educational film about the. Uh, history and importance of japan's first capital city uh fujiwara um and what we have here is essentially like a really rare anime which was only distributed by vhs in 1995 as part of an exhibition about fujiwara and and the history um and now a fan on youtube uh which i'm not even going to try and pronounce uh uh, I don't know. SF2 Yomigeru Fujiwara Kyo. 
I'm guessing. I think you did pretty well. I think you did pretty well. You know, in in my butchered English accent, yeah, that's as best as I can do. Um, but he's gone to the trouble, or he or she, sorry, I don't want to assume, um, has gone to uh, gone to the lengths of translating the uh, the film into English. Yeah. So now that people can have a nice tour of Fujiwara um, while watching Street Fighter characters do nothing but talk and walk, which is exactly what you want from Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It, it is. It, we always say it, it's just more game preservation, and and for enormous franchises like Street Fighter, the fact that this sort of stuff is still getting discovered and 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 remade. It, it, Looking at it, I mean, again, for people that are listening, this is high quality early uh, 90s anime, would you say? It's definitely on the higher quality of the stuff that you would normally see. Um, and it's just amazing that someone has gone out, gone to the to the trouble to translate this stuff. It, it's more game preservation. It's fantastic. And, and, and anime preservation for people out there, I'm sure that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> it really boggles the mind because, like, I'm, I'm watching it. Uh, we're watching it on screen at the moment for people listening. And... Uh, Really, if you've ever watched the Street Fighter 2 anime movie, you're not mm -hmm. missing any quality here because this is around the time, of course, where everything was still being hand-drawn as opposed to computer-generated art. Yes. So there's there's some clear love and attention being put into this, what is essentially something that would be quite cheap and throwaway by today's standards. A lot of effort has gone into this 27-minute film and really, I don't know if it deserves it. It's, I, I would almost expect them to take like the cells, <laughs> the animation cells yeah. from the movie and just put them in a different scenario. That's, that's how I can imagine an early 90s cheap uh, European studio would have done it. Definitely. But no, there's, there's some clear love and effort being put into this. I mean, mm. looking at E-Honda doing like some uh, throwing some uh, throwing some hands at the moment, but he's just talking about like trying out a different move and wanting to show Ryu, Ken and Chun-Li. I watched it earlier, by the way. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly they get transported 1,300 years into the past and then they go on a nice sightseeing store, uh, tour and then they, they, they go home afterwards. That's it. That's the story. Uh, and he actually says in his pinned comment, dear people from Kotaku, Kotaku is one of the uh, places where we discovered about this. Uh, Hello, this channel is just for this video only, but if you want more Japanese obscurities translated into English, go and check out Shmuplations. And I can tell you guys right now that Shmuplations is a absolute savior. Without that website, a lot of uh, complete histories that I've done would be a lot worse. Um, he has translated some incredible stuff uh, I don't know if it's the same guy that's behind this, but he's recommending Shmuplations, and I'm suggesting you go check him out too. They, um, uh, yeah, they, I, I, I remember doing a lot of research for my Castlevania video, going to that website, and a lot of other ones as well. I think I, I actually went over there for Afterburner more recently as well. So fantastic website, fantastic website. Again, it's more translated stuff, more more game preservation. We say it practically on every single show. Nothing but a good thing. Nothing. But yeah, yeah. It's a bit of fun in it. In it just. Hmm. In it just. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, moving over to topic number three of six. We're going to be looking at something that I'm 
massively in love with. So a retro gamer is translating and digitizing Sega Mega Drive manuals. And I've actually opened it up right here. And so far, there's not that many on there, but you have eight manuals that he's done there. Some really good ones. Golden Axe, well, Golden Axe 3 is more of a, a, a region exclusive than a good game. But yeah, yeah. you've got Alien Soldier, um, uh, Grey Lancer, Pulse Man, some really, really good ones there. And I tell you what, like, and there's not that many there now, but when this does officially get translated, it's going to be an absolute savior. I have had videos on the back burner for so long due to people arguing over the translations when I'm trying to get things sorted and stuff. Uh, specifically, one that does come to mind is the Sega game they didn't want you to buy, which was the Japanese version of the game, The Ooze. The manual was such an important part of that video. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out. And you'll see why when you go and see it, uh, when you see that particular video. Projects like this, I, if this guy had a Patreon, I'd Patreon to it. It's amazing. This is absolutely fantastic work. This is this is up there with the important people that, 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 that uh, scan in and, and um, uh, put... Um, uh, uh, document things like arcade flyers or old video game magazines and things like that from the archives. This is so important. This is so, so important. And massive thanks for this because <laughs> I, I, I could gush over this so much, but this is such an incredible uh, thing to happen. Yeah. I mean, what's great about this is that uh, one, it carries on the trend of fan translations keeping mm. things alive, but the effort that's gone into this is like genuinely something to appreciate because what they've done is that they they fully digitized the manuals they've mm -hmm. translated it and they've typeset the manuals yeah uh, which is a, no mean feat that's that's quite tricky to do i mean you can see clearly that this is from a scan and they've they've gone into they've even purchased translation work to make sure it's as close to the original source material as possible and they've gone to an extreme here. I mean, I'm looking at it, and it's the, the exact right font for every area. And all, all it, I'm assuming as close as they can probably get with the font, but it, it, it's it's perfect. It 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 looks it looks like it's properly scanned in. Like uh, it looks like there was nothing ever doctored here. This looks like the real thing. It's brilliant. The best part I feel is that we're at the early stage of it. So these eight manuals are the only ones on here right now. But it clearly shows an intent to go as far as possible with this project. And then, you know, there's a couple on there which are uh, modern uh, games that have had modern re-releases. And, you know, that's a bit easier for them to pull off But mm -hmm. in terms of quality. But games like Pulseman, which are not easy to find, let, no. alone, let alone find one with a manual that's in decent enough condition to scan. There's a lot. Of, you, you've got to appreciate that. So That's fantastic. It's utterly incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could gush over this so much. It's just so well done. I'm mean, looking here, like like I said, all of the fonts are right. It's annoying that I don't have any of the games that they have on offer uh, that they're showing off here. Um, I I would recommend Monster World for any day of the week. It's oh, for sure, game. for sure. Just, um, just to put that out there. And as always, a huge shout out to uh, Strictly Limited Games who actually put out the. Uh, I'm always getting the name wrong, but the Asher in Monster World game, which has the original ROM on there as well as the remake. Um, so yeah, it's a great way to play it if you don't want to pay well over the odds for a game like this. <laughs> majorly over the odds, majorly. Um, so yeah, there you go. And this is why I collect Japanese Mega Drive games. The the amount of detail they put into these 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 game cases and 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 the games themselves is utterly beautiful the best one actually i can't reach uh from my angle over the over the computer let me 
Let me just grab a one yeah. here. Everything looks better with a Japanese font. <laughs> it really does. It's a bit of zero wing I've got here. Oh, it's so nice. And the manuals are just... I, I will not buy a game if it doesn't come with a manual, especially in Japan, unless it's like a penny. But I, it's so nice. Even at this stage in the Mega Drive's lifespan, have people bemoan what's happened to the instruction manual since like EA um, in the Xbox 360 era? Like Even back in the Mega Drive era, EA games were like trying to skimp on manuals. They would they went black and white. They were really mm. poorly scanned. They didn't have all of this unique character artwork or you know just showing how things were done. You know this this is you know how it should be done. But unfortunately, it's just an art form that's kind of been lost to time. So I love the it, fact that people care enough to do this. It's it's strange, isn't it? Because you can get these uh, big AAA studios, um, even AAA studios that are, are, are relevant to, to the retro gamer world. So people like your Nintendos and stuff. And almost always they come without a manual. It's, you only really get manuals in new age games when you go through like limited run type companies, like strictly limited, like the one I just said, um, uh, and stuff like that. It's... Uh, Actually, I wonder yeah. if this one did come with a manual, actually, Asia and Monster World. I'll have to have a look. But, uh, yeah, there you go. And there that's go. that's that's if they're even manuals to begin with. Because I, if which which was the game where you got the uh, collector's edition and the the art book was also reprinted as the manual? Um, uh, Alex Kidd, yeah. Yeah, which... Yeah. yeah can't even get, do that right. Yeah. I've got my Japanese copy of Monster World 3. I haven't got Monster World 4 Japanese copy because that is an expensive, expensive game to get, but... Smells like old. Smells yes. like old. Just, I mean, the manuals are beautiful. In these things, they they completely crap over what we had here in the UK. They really do. Stunning manuals, and this is why I collect for this system now. Um, but that's a story for another time. Uh, as to why I collect, maybe for a little Q and A thing, maybe, hmm. maybe, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. We'll talk um, about that at some point soon. Very soon, perhaps. I hate to say it, because I always say it, but nothing but a good thing. Do you notice, guys, we always tend to talk about positive topics on here. We don't tend to talk about any uh, blizzardy sort of uh, topics here. We talk <laughs> yeah. about the positive stuff. We talk about the positive stuff, as we also do with one that I know you're going to be very excited about, hence why you chose it, Grizzly. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure anyone who grew up uh, in the like early to mid-90s and play PC games. Um, I think you will have a bit of a uh, a bit of an appreciation for this one. So, out of the blue, like completely from nowhere, uh, after twenty years since they went bankrupt, GPU maker 3DFX, the guys behind the classic Voodoo Two Voodoo Three graphics cards, the the graphics cards that powered Quake Two, Quake Three Arena, Unreal Tournament, all of those great games that they're, they're back that they're, they're announcing something on thursday and normally i would wait until they've actually announced something to bring it up on the podcast but this is this is something special i think or it could be i mean as far as we know it could always be like uh, bitcoin mining graphics cards i mean there's there's money in the air and a lot of people are sniffing it but yeah yeah, yeah. um what what this could be is uh, an alternative to the NVIDIA and ATI Radeon Monopoly that we've been waiting for. And I'd love it for it to be 3DFX that does it because they 
20 years ago, uh, these guys had a real string of bad luck. NVIDIA just released the likes of the GeForce and the GeForce 2 graphics cards. We're talking that old. Yeah. Um, so they had a string of really bad launches or, you know, poorly received launches, and then they just ran into, ran into bankruptcy. NVIDIA then went on to buy up all of their assets, you know, things like GPUs and the the actual chips and hardware and the supplier base and everything like that. So, but does this mean that they are back? Are they back back as uh, they call me the fizz in the chat says? Who knows? I would like to, I mean, it could very much be Atari back as <laughs> fizz also states. Yeah. It, regardless, it's going to be an interesting news topic, uh, and we will be sure. following this up in the weeks, uh, however long it takes. Um, yeah, if this is anything other than Bitcoining, then I'm sure we'll be back on this. Oh, we'll, we'll mention it regardless for you. So make sure you subscribe to us, whether it's on Twitch or it's on uh, uh, the second YouTube channel, or if you're ready. Many podcast services around the world, keep an ear out, because we will definitely be talking about this as and when. One thing I do miss from these guys uh, and it's the thing i remember seeing the most awesome packaging yes i mean the uh the artwork that you see the see see on the screen and in the thumbnail that's just a fan thing but it was very much like that it had that edge to it yeah it did didn't it yeah yeah i just i just love it i mean like so many early 90s pc gamers have a lot to owe to the likes of the voodoo free graphics card and you know, still, if I was to build a retro gaming PC, it would have one of those babies in it. It's so Absolutely. good, so reliable. Just did yeah. everything. Yeah, it, it, it's very cool. It's very, very cool. Ooh, thank you very <laughs> oh, yeah. much there, Vikeko. Appreciate it, mate. That's a great line. Remember that old ads were like, they were like, our technology could end world hunger, but let's just make cool games instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such cool, edgy little um, uh, uh, marketing. It's really, really awesome. It really is. And uh, earlier on, apologies, uh, Acon Electron, you also subbed someone else, I've just noticed. Thank you very much. Uh, they call me the Fizz. Welcome. Moving on to the next topic. We are getting through them. We are getting through them. We are. And uh, just so happens that this is one of the last games that the Voodoo Freak could play uh, originally. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh. Talking about Street Fighter 2, I know there's a lot of Street Fighter 2 fans out there, but for me, I am such a massive fan of Half-Life 2. Um, now, that is a game that, again, everyone seems to rant and rave about, potentially on par with games like Street Fighter 2, but for me, Half-Life 2 is one of yeah. the best games ever made. Like It, it definitely deserves the, the, the hype that it gets. I absolutely adore this game. And uh, is it is... is more exciting news regarding this. Um, again, Grizzly, Grizzly, take it over, mate. A, couple, a few years ago, everyone remembers, uh, everyone who's into Half-Life will probably have heard of the, the fan project Black Mesa, which is yes. a full ground-up remake of the original Half-Life. Mm -hmm. Now, it appears that Valve has also greenlit um, another mod developer, not not necessarily like being paid by Valve, but they've they've acknowledged... Uh, Valve have acknowledged these mod creators as providing something that they're not willing to do. Mm -hmm. And that is a full remaster of um, the Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and Half-Life 2 Episode 3. So we just put up some footage on the screen of how Half-Life 2 update 
improves on things from Half-Life 2. So it's things, just little things like the the lighting, the sh- the shadows, the fog, and all of these little effects. And bear in mind, this was back in 2015. So the same guys who made Half-Life 2 update um, is now turning their hands to further adding to their remastering work um, by fixing fixing issues with the uh, Half-Life 2 trilogy and has now been given a its own Steam page by Valve on, well, Steam, of course. Um, yeah. So it's it's quite cool. I love that Valve does do does this. Um, they really do um, embrace their mod community more so than any other developers. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I, I think they would they need to in the space they're in. But yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, like, without this, uh, quite rightly, uh, Michael Towns says... Um, you wouldn't have Counter Strike if you didn't have their mod community. You wouldn't have the likes of Team Fortress and the absolute behemoth of a ge- of game licenses that they have. Um, so I just want to turn it over to everyone in the chat, everyone listening on podcast platforms. And now the question is: Would you prefer that Valve did this themselves? I know a lot of people would because Valve are very clearly very good at making games. Yeah. Right? But they haven't really made many, and they don't seem to know how to count to three. So they definitely don't. I just like the like the idea that Valve are able to work on what they feel like they need to work on. Hopefully, that is the third entry in the series. Very slim. I know we've been waiting a long time. It's not going to happen now. I mean, technically, it kind of happened with the uh, the VR game, I suppose. I mean, like, what's significant about this is that there are many other developers out there, many other publishers that just would not allow this kind of thing to happen. I mean, look at Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a strange thing. I, 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 here I am talking about Sega again, but I always find it weird with Sega because they embrace the Sonic modding community, but they don't seem to like other ones, um, like Streets of Rage. You know what yeah. I mean? I find that really odd. And yeah, like I say, majority of companies are not, the biggest fans of this sort of stuff happening. And it makes sense that they wouldn't be. They, you know, like, this is their bread and butter, uh, to, to, that, that they own these IPs. And then you've got these fans that are so addicted and so into these franchises that they're going to make games that are potentially gonna, even going to put the original company, um, uh, uh, going to make them look pretty bad and pretty, pretty stupid in comparison when they can make a game that's even better. I mean, I still think Streets of Rage Remake is one of the greatest fan-made games out there, uh, remakes out there. Um, uh, but yeah, like you say, uh, Valve actually uh, embrace this sort of thing. Like I say, I think it's important that they do, being that they're on you know PC. It's you know it's it's, it's the right thing to do. But um, uh, what would I like out of those two that you suggested? I I, I want them to make Portal free more than yes. Half Life free. Make Portal free and let the fans continue on making these HD remakes. I mean, we're not far off now, Valve allowing them, allowing fans to make a sequel at this point. I'm, I swear that's going to happen at some point. There are actually some incredible uh, sort of spin-off uh, fan-made games of Portal, um, which is insane. I've not played through them, but from what I've seen, they're incredible. Um, yeah. I, I, oh my God. I would, I, I'd almost donate body parts to be allowed to have a portal free if that's if that's what was needed to get a portal free. but my god why well, would do a lot to get portal free <laughs> um uh, postal vr well that's not the same company postal but i would up i'll be up for a portal 
Postal VR would be um I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, looking over the chat, people were, uh, yeah, Portal VR even there, says Michael Towns, that would be fantastic. Um, uh, Valve owes its very existence to Quake mods, says they call me the fits. Mm -hmm. um, Alex was awesome, but Valve should not make Half-Life 3, in my opinion. It's been so long, it's impossible to uh, saturate everyone's high expectations. It would be the Duke Nukem Forever effect all over again. Now, I do agree with you, uh, 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 Joe Povania. However, Duke Nukem Forever um, was just a bad game. It wasn't the fact that it didn't meet the expectations of the old games. It wasn't even as good, uh, or even slightly as good. It was just a bad game. To be um, fair on that one, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that, because I feel like if Duke Nukem Forever had launched earlier, uh, as in if it was a PS2 game, it would have reviewed more favorably. The problem is, is it wasn't... It would have done, yeah. It wasn't the Duke Nukem Forever that we saw in preview on PC Gamer preview discs, like mm -hmm. in two thousand one, uh, back when that game actually looked like it had potential. Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> but it, it happens. It happens in the music world as well. Uh, like everyone's waiting for for uh, Draytox, the, the 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 new Dr. Dre album after two thousand and one, and then he eventually dropped that Compton album, which didn't even sound like a Dr. Dre album. It was really really bizarre. They took so yeah. long. With it, but it's the same with this, yeah. Um, Half Life Three is a joke. Uh, by this point, it, it, it won't happen. It, it's really bizarre that it doesn't, because it's been left open ended. But um, out of all their games, it's the one they probably should do, because you know that you, you can kind of end Portal with Portal Two, and uh, and you don't really need to make a third. Um, uh, what was the zombie game? Um, Left for Dead. Left for Dead. I kept thinking of House of the Dead. Yeah, Left for Dead. Well, we got uh, that Back for Blood coming, haven't we? Which is yeah, technically yeah. Left for Dead free. But again, yeah, yeah. Still, still no free in the title. Um, I know, absolutely. I, I feel like with Half Life, the one thing that they that they were very good at is was uh, embracing the new technology. So Half Life One was around the advent of three D first person shooters. I mean, before that, you had Quake, which was a sludge fest, really graphically. Mm -hmm. um what what half-life brought to the table was a bit of color it brought storytelling it was the first of its kind to do do exactly what it did and then of course then you had half-life 2 which was the first game to really show off a havoc physics engine for the mm -hmm. first time and show how um physics can be brought into environmental storytelling uh into the combat and everything like that it was mind-blowing when that game was first announced and shown. Um, so I think they really are just looking for the next leap. Um, I mean, we've seen Half-Life Alex, which is another good example of that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what they're just waiting for. I mean, ray tracing is not that leap for the, for something like Half-Life. It has to be, I don't know, something groundbreaking, something that really changes. It's so hard how because didn't work. they use the Half-Life 2 engine to make Portal 2? And yet, Portal 2 came out so many years later than Half-Life 2, and yet it was still an utterly fantastic game. Like, it was... Uh, I, I, I want to stop playing now to play Portal 2. Like, <laughs> yeah. That game. But yeah, I mean, um, Half-Life 2 is the, the, the major tentpole for the Valve uh, uh, studio. So yeah, I suppose with the next one. Like you say, Alex is that big advancement because it's VR. Um, what's next? 
what's next? What would they, what would they need to do? Maybe bring back 3D TVs? That was a little phase, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think holograms are going to be uh, decent enough anytime soon to make that possible. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't know what it'll take. And probably technology is kind of plateau. Graphics are getting better, of course. And things like uh, SSD uh, SSDs are really changing the game for things like the PS5. Maybe that's yeah. what they were waiting for. I don't know. It would take wide adoption of that technology to make it work, though. I mean, Half-Life is a PC platform game, so we'll see. Maybe. There you go. There you go. Right. Moving over to our last topic of the day. This is a really exciting one. I always love, love little stories like this. This is what PlayStation 2 game boxes almost looked like. Ladies and gentlemen, and again, for people out there that are listening, I've, I understand this is a this is a podcast with a lot of visual elements. So I'm going to again try and explain this for you. So imagine a DVD case. Yeah, we obviously know that because that's what PlayStation Two games ended up coming in. Um, but it's slimmer. It's slimmer, too slim for a DVD to fit into or a PlayStation Two game to fit into. On its way up, though a big circle appears, almost like a traffic, uh, one of those round traffic cones, you know, where it's round at the top but slim at the bottom. That's kind of what a PlayStation 2 game box was almost going to look like. Um, as amazing as this is to see, my God, am I happy it didn't end up like this. <laughs> These would look pretty terrible on your game shelf, in my opinion. I mean, do you feel the same? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, it looks like a giant spoon, but let's just face it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, like... that, that was a better explanation rather than traffic cone analogy. Yeah, it's a spoon, a fat spoon. Thank you, Vikeko, for your support tonight, by the way. Thank you, mate. But this is, it's it's a real, it's also kind of a shame because one thing that this really demonstrated is that back in the 90s and early 2000s, console games, before PS2 came along, of course, console mm-hmm. games, you know, had to do something to stand out. That's why... NES game game boxes. That's why Mega Drive boxes and Super Nintendo boxes all look so different. They had the different shape. There's yeah. nothing uniform about them, and that is because they needed to stand out on a shelf. You needed to know that when you walked into a game store, you knew that that's the end. That's the Nintendo section. That's the Mega Drive section. Blah blah blah. So with this, they clearly were originally intending to go for something that really stood out and really like leapt off the shelves. But instead, someone made the decision, of course, to go for that standard DVD box. And to be honest, I'm I'm, fa- I'm also thankful for that. But I do a like the idea. Selection. Yes, a random selection. You know, you couldn't get more different than that. I'm a, a, apart from maybe N64 to Super Famicom and what have you. They, yeah, those, yeah. those look, do look the same. But um, yeah, I really like it. And what's really cool is after researching this article, I came across uh, a further article which goes through the uh, designer's uh, works, previous work, and he's he's got one hell of a portfolio. So the original PS2 game boxes come from a designer in Korea called Hok Wa Yeo. I apologize if I completely mispronounced that. H-O-C-K-W-A-H-Y-E-O, Hok Wa Yo, I, I don't know how else you would say that. <laughs> Why? Wow, I'm always I'm, that. <laughs> it's very close to Wario, very close to Wario right at the end. So I believe he's a Korean fella uh, who lived in the San Francisco Bay area and he designed a lot 
of classic box arts and some really crazy designs. So um, you might recognize his work if you're an NES fan uh, from the likes of Guardian Legend, um, Spelunker, and some various other ones. Uh, he was very prolific in the Broderbund software um box design so if you've ever owned a rather strange shaped copy of prince of persia on pc uh he's to thank for that and i don't know this this guy kind of turned box making into an artwork he really did really great stuff here so we're looking at a big box uh for specter which is like a uh pyramid shape the prince of persia as as mentioned before was he the person that done the um uh tomb raider game did he do tomb raider because I know that had a funky shape as well. I mean, he might not have done it. I don't know. If, if I'm honest, just because it was in like a weird, like sort of triangular shape, but that's almost tame compared to some of the, the projects that he worked on. Um, it, it's unreal, some of the stuff he did, actually. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like, I, I love reading a story about how one of the developers that came up to him and says, right, we're making this game. I want you to scare me. And it's just like, well, I'm not making the game. No, I want the box to actually scare me. Like a really impractical design that really like jumps off the shelf. And he come out with some great designs. Gotta hand it to him. And yeah. some of this, this is the kind of stuff that you would see on limited run. If they, it really is. And that's why, unfortunately, for people again watching, I've actually taken the games out of their limited cases and put them on the shelf because. I kept not playing the games that were in the limited edition box. I didn't want to have to keep opening them up. And I did notice the games I did keep, they were getting a little frayed on the edges. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to push them aside. I can still look at all of the collection items. But now I have the games themselves actually on the shelves. Um, <laughs> yeah, that happened recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are fantastic. I will say uh, Acorn Electron actually wrote there, I don't know. I want uniform uniformity. And yes. I do agree. And I... It's the same way when I when I put my Mega Drive games, when I was collecting Power Mega Drive games, you had the black uh, spine games, and then you would have the later ones, which were blue. And I always put them in that order. Um, because, yeah, like you say, I like uniform. I like them all to be that really nice uniform style. So these would be very sexy, but yeah. I uh, practically know I wouldn't want them. <laughs> uh, I would like to own them and have them, but I wouldn't display them because it would annoy me on the shelf uh, and I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of uh, uh, uh electronic boutique you know game retailers out there that probably did uh, struggle a little bit like oh my god what has he sent us now <laughs> <laughs> i mean at the end of the day right these these games these game boxes unfortunately as, as beautiful as they are and as cool as they are they were often just discarded because inside will be the jewel case which contained the software and the manual yeah. and you didn't need anything else Mm -hmm. And it's a real shame because a lot of these have ended up in landfill or, you know, at the very dark echelons of eBay, um, where yeah. the only like good looking boxes or slightly tatty releases tend to go for silly money. But I, 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 I do love a good box. Um, I hope that was <laughs> fun for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, the, 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 the basis of this. Yes. He almost made the PlayStation 2 uh, game cases, which, again, look uh, incredibly weird. As a line of them, they would probably be okay. Uh, but without looking at the side of the disc on the picture that we have here, you can't actually see that if there would be writing down the spine. And I do have that worry of when you have loads of um, 
uh, what's the best example? N64 games, loose. You don't know what the games are because it's just gray, 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 gray. And I'm I'm worried without looking on the back of this, it would just look like sort of black, 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 and then a big long line. So I do I am happy with what we got because I really do like these cases. There's there's multiple cases actually with the um original PlayStation. I'm sad to say I don't own any of the long um sort of uh Sega Saturn looking game cases that were those long sleeve ones. Um and then obviously when they originally started coming out, they were more like uh the one I'm showing here, which is the double jewel case where we would open up both ways. You could fit two CDs in that one, uh, or four if you was creative. Uh, they went over yeah. eventually to the quite wide uh, ones like around the Wipeout 2097 era, probably a bit before that, actually. Um, but then my favorite ones that were a little bit smaller, which was more like the Die Hard case um, with the black trim. They were my favorites. Um, uh, for anyone listening in America, sucks to be you because I think you got quite a bore. You had the long, cool ones to begin with, but. I think you actually got the very boring end of the stick because from what I see on PlayStation box art in America, um, God, that looks boring. It was just a jewel case, wasn't yeah. it? I, I hate. I, no offense to the Americans listening, but God, your PlayStation <laughs> box is a crap. <laughs> um, yeah, um, you know, just just reminded me going back to that uh, original PS2 game box design. I've realised what it reminds me actually of. It's a waffle maker. Yeah, it does look like it. It does look like it. Can I also take some special uh, special time just to talk about how much I love the fact that this game box designer, prolific game box designer, has literally taken the front cover of Final Fantasy Anthology, and if you look carefully next to the word PlayStation, you will see a cutout sticker which says two. <laughs> on there. It's literally just the original PlayStation game, and he's conjured up a sequel to final fantasy anthology i love it you know Absolutely what i love it again as much as i like the look of this um as in from a retro retrospective way i'll oh, look what it could have been um i think i like it even less now when i look at it even more and realize the way it opens from the bottom i i'm starting to think that the bottom would actually be the spine rather than the side do you see what i mean yeah yeah, and if you can imagine that on a shelf, everything would actually be pointing downwards. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, that would be hardcore. That would be hardcore. But um, oh, I really don't like this. Actually, <laughs> if that's the way it would go, so along the line that people can see that I'm putting on here again. Apologies if you're listening, but the the, the way it opens is it. Oh, I I don't even know how to explain this. Um. The spoon would open from the handle. It looks like it would be awful. Cool to look at, awful to actually work in the real world. So there you go. That's the yeah. That. Boo, Hawk. <laughs> boo. <laughs> Carry on making uh, PC game boxes that rip when you open it up the wrong way. Do it like that. Yeah, that's the one. There you go. There you go. And guys, I think we've actually got through it. That was a really we ran through the topics tonight. We really yeah, did. Short, and... short and sweet, and a lot of fun. Um... Absolutely. Can I just uh, just just add one little thing at the end of this? Because go on, uh, then, go on then. So there was a request on the Discord channel uh, for people who are, who might not be on there already. Uh, just at the link below, that. link below Dan's uh, like smiling face is a Discord link. We welcome anyone 
to come over and join. And in that group, you have a uh, Slopes Cast special channel section. Uh, over the next week or so, I'm not going to make any promises depending on topics, but when we have a, a week like this where we can have, say, five topics and a bit of free time, we are doing a QA, and a uh, which is centered around Mr. Slopes right here. So if you have any questions for Dan that you've had burning in your brain, jump on over to the Discord channel, um, jump into Slopescast QA, and then ask those questions because you're going to have a section dedicated ju to just that. Just that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Only oh, just. Yeah. That's... This is how we do it. Yeah. Not going to carry on. Uh, yeah, get on over to Discord, ask questions, and I might answer them. No, I will. I will. That'll be a thing. That'll be a thing. Uh, I'll, be collating, <laughs> I'll be collating the best, and then uh, we'll, we'll let rip. And honestly, we've had some great questions in there. So let me just go through uh, a couple. I don't want to spoil too much. No, but... I don't mind answering a few now. But what I will say is yeah. before we continue, thank you so, so much to Vikeko who cheered right at the end there. Uh, a couple of times, actually. Um, and thank you also to Jopovania, who says, uh, been watching Slopes on YouTube for a while. First time on the live show. Absolutely loving it. Greetings from the horrible land of Argentina. Don't say the horrible land. I, I don't really know much about it, if I'm honest. <laughs> I haven't really got anything else to add there. But thank you, mate, mate. I'm sure it's fantastic. And I really appreciate your support on YouTube and now here on Twitch as well. And Vikeko just supported the show again. Thank you guys so, so much. Continue on there, Grizzly. Okay. So just uh, just a couple of questions just to whet the appetite and give you an idea of what's being asked in the group. So coming from uh, uh, Mr. Mike Towns, uh, we have one question and it states, if you could eat one mythical creature, which would it be? Eat a mythical creature. Yeah, any mythical creature. I have an answer to this one as well, which I've already mentioned in the chat. So, but yeah, just have a just have a little think. Okay, so I am having a think. I'm gonna. I my mind's gone to one particular um, movie, and I cannot get my mind out of that movie. So you're gonna tell me the name of what I'm talking about. Uh, I'll try as I explain it. The worm from Beetlejuice. When they get thrown into the sandy sort of area, and oh yeah, worm. I'd eat no, that. It's just, just a sandworm, yeah. I'd eat a sandworm. If you put it in two slices of bread, does that make it a sandworm witch? <laughs> sandworm witch, yeah, potentially, yeah. potentially. My, my, just, <laughs> I don't just, know. <laughs> just for those curious, <laughs> my answer was a jackalope. Uh, if you've okay. never seen one of those before, do do Google it because it is a rabbit with antlers. And the reason why I would is one, because I've heard rabbit tastes great, but also because I feel like the antlers would make a very handy set of cutlery should you come up short. Uh, while Evil you're man. Not, not oh. at all. Not at all. Oh, look, you can, you can put it on your, your you can yeah, get it on the wall as well. The head, the bust, the bust. Go on, let's keep doing this. Ask, ask more questions. I think this is quite okay. fun. Why not add a few more now and then we'll carry on. By the way, huge thank you once again to Chev Matic for gifting subs over to Mr. Tonk. Welcome there, Mr. Tonk. Um, yeah. What, what you got next, buddy? What you got next? Right. So a bit more of a conventional question. Um, mm -hmm. what, is the, what is your favorite Easter egg that you have ever found in a video game? And that comes from Carnage Jack. Um, 
I, I I can't think of any off the top of my head that I've found on my own um, without being told where they are sort of thing. You know, the one that comes to mind is the one that was discovered incredibly late in uh, like, like several games later in the uh, in the Arkham series. There was a special wall that you could put some um, like explosive spray on the wall. Uh, and when you actually uh, opened it up, uh, there was no way of knowing it was there either. Like just someone managed to find it one day. So you put the explosive um, uh, stuff on the wall at a particular place. And as it opened up inside there, there was like the Joker and and, and uh, some some other stuff. I thought that was really cool. I like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a good one. Um, I don't have any better ones than that, though. Um I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I remember I got really excited in Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, greatest game ever made, in the ice cap zone, I believe it was. Um, there, there was an area you could go to where you eventually bounced up so far off these uh, sort of uh, 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 trampoline sort of levels that would take you higher and higher and higher. And when you eventually got to the top, there was an entire room full of coins. I remember getting quite excited about that. And telling people to go there and stuff like that. Ah, I'll tell you what, here's one I did discover on my own that was very, very cool, and I didn't discover it until a year or so after owning the game, was the toilet at the beginning of Earthworm Jim. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. I like that one. That was a cool one. Um, I'm probably going to start thinking more and more now as, as they come to mind, but I can't think of any others. What, what about you? Well, for me, I, I really liked uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. It's the first one that comes to mind, where you can jump through like a fake window and then you find literally an easter egg on yes. a plinth i also i always liked that um there's some great stuff uh like i, I think there was one um stuff. in in graph of daughter 3 i managed to get into a certain area uh, where it says you're not seen. supposed to be here yeah. you're not supposed to be here and i believe when they updated it for uh graph of daughter 3 stories it says like you're still not supposed to be here or something they changed it to yeah, that, it, uh, not that I found that. I only read that on like a video or something. But um, I remember finding that originally in Grafford. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I like stuff like uh, you know, classic Duke Nukem stuff where you see the the Doom Marine around, and then um, who, who was his uh, John Romero's head at the end of Doom as well. I, I played a lot of uh, <laughs> first person shooters where I find find all of the Easter eggs in there. Love mm -hmm. that stuff. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. Should we do another one? Yeah, let's let's Three. do w one more. Okay, so let me just have a quick look here. Okay, so this is a really conventional one. Uh, this comes over from Cnomod. He was the gentleman that uh, originally suggested doing the Q and A section for the next uh, Slopescast. What's a missed potential game that deserves to be remade, and what series do you want to see revived? remade and revived uh so a game i want mm. remade a game that deserves to be remade and what series do you want to see revived i suppose you can kind of put it both in one yeah i was thinking both could go in there i'd want see i feel like there's a lot of people out there but but a lot of companies when they do these remakes um the the biggest uh thank you very much acorn electron again to ray our reviewing um uh yeah i don't like it when they do remakes on games that are not that old uh the biggest offender of that is that new death stranding version that's coming out it's kind of like a director's cut i suppose but it's like come on that's literally oh. just come out like give it a bit of time 
Um, I prefer it to be a few generations old. I think what they did with the Crash Bandicoot games, uh, the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, although they're not perfect compared to the originals, I think that was a really good way of remaking those, and they did it with Spyro and stuff like that. I want to see more like that. I would say, um, oh, I tell you what, I want to see a new. I want to see a new. I'm toying between Twisted Metal or Destruction Derby, but I'm thinking Twisted Metal. I'd want to see a new Twisted Metal. But a game to remake, I want to see Die Hard Trilogy. I just held that up. That would be a cool one. Oh, yeah. Obviously remade with better controls, newer controls. You could uh, do the airport levels with like sort of a Switch or Wii remote where it actually turned into a gun, essentially. Um, the original Die Hard levels where you're in the building, they could, they definitely need some work. Hardcore, horrible tank controls on that one. And... Um, yeah, they, they need to be a little bit fairer as well on the uh, the, the the Compton uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance levels as well. But I, I love them, so I would like to see Die Hard trilogy. These are these are def- these are just answers coming to the top of my head. If I thought about it, I could think of something a lot more, uh, a lot better. <laughs> but Die Hard trilogy and whatever that other one is, I just said as well. Yeah, there you go. Those two. Go yeah. Um, I, I saw a great suggestion in in the chat. It's probably like at the top of my list of games I would love to see remastered. I would love to see Soul Reaver return. Um, it's a great series, uh, one mm-hmm. of the Crystal Dynamics greats. Um, and I know that a lot of the reason why it hasn't returned yet is because, unfortunately, one of the voice actors did pass away. Uh, the guy mm-hmm. who played the the old god. Um, did you I, have you seen my latest Patreon update? Uh, I I haven't yet. No, you haven't. I no. I wondered why you said that because in my latest Patreon update, I announced that I am starting a Legacy of Cain, Blood Omen, Soul Reaver complete history. Um, well, fancy that. Um, <laughs> that was completely unplanned. I'm going to edit out my <laughs> initial response so it can make it seem like I'm part of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch the video? Yes. <laughs> yes, Dan. Um, there you go. It, yeah, the reason a... why is because I wanted to do an Eternal Darkness complete history. And I was like, mm. Eternal Darkness complete history won't take that long to do. And I was like, you know what? I feel like this needs to be the second part of the whole Silicon Knights thing. And I need to start with Soul Reaver and Blood Omen and what have you and move into uh, yeah. Eternal Darkness. So, yeah, there you go. Um, oh, yeah. Don't be expecting it too soon, but uh, it's happening. It's happening. Um, I've got a shorter week uh, working in here this weekend because I'm at a stag do this weekend. And um, thankfully, I've got a kick scammer near and I've finished. So that's going to be done within the next couple of days. If anyone out there that supports the show, you'll be seeing that. Uh, and then obviously, you'll have my kick, sc- kick scammer from several episodes ago going live on the channel uh, this weekend. Um, Although I'm in two minds about which one, I may skip over the one that you should be seeing next, which is the video on, um, what's her name? What's her name? Her name is something. Her name is Jasmine Tridevil. Um, because that video got flagged as 18 and over. <laughs> so no. I may have to put that video. I'm still going to put it out publicly, but it may go on the second channel rather than the main channel just to keep that main channel safe. Um, uh, whereas on the one for the main channel this weekend, which I need to put a video out on the main channel this weekend, uh, maybe a different one. So it just basically means you're going to get more content. It means I need to work harder to get you guys more content. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, in regards to complete history stuff outside of the world of kick scammers, uh, yeah. Legacy of Cain. How how would you title it? Because it's such an awkward title. I think I'm going to call it 
Legacy of Kane, the complete history, and then in brackets, Soul Reaver, Blood Omen, or Blood Omen Soul Reaver, you know? Because I think oh, that's the best way of doing it. It's really tough because you have to have all three in the title for making sure that it's clickable and people can find it and it's searchable. Um, uh, but it's they're all part of the Legacy of Kane series. If you actually look at the titles of each game, it's really they're all part of the same series, but it's really, really hard to to, to, to name it. It's the same. I had the same problem with the Strike series. I had to call it the Strike series, Complete History, Jungle, Urban, <laughs> Soviet, Nuclear, uh, Desert. And that's how I had to call the community issue, which is such a stupid name. But I had to do the same. I'm going to be doing the same for this, essentially. I keep giving myself these awkward projects. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll have, have to help you out with that one at some point. I, I, I don't know how you do it. I quite like Mike's suggestion of the legacy of the legacy of Kane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly. just. It's it's almost like malicious compliance, that response, I think. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it really hard. The first, the first game is called Blood Omen Legacy of Kane. Uh, the second game is called Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. The next game is just called Soul Reaver 2. So it's like they, they keep dropping one off. <laughs> and then they had Soul Reaver Defiance, I didn't. Or is it Legacy of Kane? No, no. After Soul Reaver 2, you had Blood Omens 2. Blood Omen 2. Yeah. Then you had Legacy of Kane Defiance. Uh, and then Nosgoth which is one that'll be a quick pass through when I do the complete history. But uh, yeah, so it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough one. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay. Not having Nosgoth in the title, but um, yeah, I need legacy of Kane, yeah. blood omen and soul reaver all in the title for that video. When I eventually yeah. get around to releasing it, but uh, it's very early stages. I, I started it on Monday. Um, got some really good, um, uh, uh, found some good interviews, found some good, uh, uh, different things through the way back and all that sort of stuff to, to start working on that. And yeah, there we go. I realise this is all—is this all part of the podcast? We, we I, 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 I guess it is. So I think uh, before we <laughs> continue down another tangent, uh, first of all, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, and also, if you want to be part of the question and answer session, now we need to replenish by at least three questions. So if you'd be so kind as to join the Discord channel, um, drop in, ask some questions, and then we will go through them in an upcoming Slopescast. That is something that we will do. That is something most definitely is. Uh, yeah, quality stuff, quality stuff. Thank you very yeah. much, guys. Appreciate if you're hanging out. If you're listening to this on any of the many podcast services around the world, including Apple now, we are now part of Apple Podcasts, which is a good thing. Uh, a lot of people out there have Apple uh, products. Uh, please, 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 please do. Even if you're watching us live on Twitch or checking us out on the second channel on Extra Slope, please do two things. Get on over to twitch.tv forward slash Slopes Game Room and subscribe, uh, follow so that you can actually uh, check us out live some, one week in the future, which is Tuesdays at 9 p.m. UK time. I'm going to get it wrong again. Uh, 9 p.m. UK time, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and also, if you are, uh, if you do have access to any of the podcast services, please do give us a review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of many podcast goers i always say that at the beginning of it so uh yeah he said the thing i said the thing i said the thing <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slope's Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us, then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on Discord at discord.gg forward slash Slopes Game Room. And until next time, guys, this is DJ Slope signing out, and hopefully I'll see you all next time.